thanks for being here tonight. It's so good to see you. I want to start out tonight by just uh, just being honest with you guys. There are uh, there are certain people in this world that I just don't trust. Okay, so I think that the best example I can give you is, a, and this is just for me, but um, you know those uh, you know those places that you go to get your oil changed. It's like the quick oil lube places, okay, like I, for some reason, I don't trust the people there, and if you're one of the people who works there, or like your parents own one of those, I don't trust you, anyway, um, here's the deal, okay, if you've never been to one of those places, here is kind of how it goes down, you pull up uh, to the bay, and then there's a guy who motions you in, and then they tell you to stop, they come around to your window, they ask you what you need, you tell them I tell them that I need a regular oil change, and so they write that down, and they tell you to go and sit inside, and after a few minutes, someone will come in and tell you to come outside and join them at a computer, and when you do that, they will stand there, and they will tell you uh, everything that you need to do to your car that day in order to be a good car owner, so they will say, like, well, I noticed that you got the regular oil change, but your car is actually high mileage, so I'm going to recommend that you get the high mileage oil, which is uh, $20 more. And if you'll see here, your transmission fluid is actually uh, discolored. It's dirty. Um, Normally, that's $100, but if you do it today, I'll give it to you for um, $90. And then I just sprinkled some leaves on your air filter, so it's dirty. And... um, Usually it's 20, but if you want to change this today, I can do it for 18. And I noticed a smudge on your back windshield for $50. I can get some Windex and a paper towel and probably, I don't know, but that's just kind of how it goes down. And so there is something in me that anytime I go to get my oil change, I just do not trust those people. And so my answer to every question is the same. I say the same thing. Every time to every question, I say, uh, no thanks, not today, I'll take care of it myself. Now, you need to know, I don't know jack about cars. That's why they're changing my oil. I'm not going to take care of it myself. But for some reason, I just can't say yes to them. Like they could say, uh, sir, your car has no brakes. It will literally not stop when you leave here. You could drive on, you could die on the way home. And I kid you not, I would tell them, no thanks, not today. I will take care of it myself because I just don't trust them. At the same time, there are other people in this world um, that I absolutely trust, whether it's my wife or my parents certain friends, certain mentors, they could say anything and I will believe them and trust them. So they could say that I need to eat somewhere or I need to see something or I need to to wear something. Thanks, Jeff Johnson. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, certain people, if they say that I need to do something or try something or watch something, I will do it because I trust them. And the reason that I tell you this is tonight we are stepping into part two of a series that we are calling Stressed Out. It's a a series about stress and anxiety. And here's what you need to realize. 
dealing with stress and anxiety in your life really boils down to who you do trust and who you don't trust. So like in the last four weeks of school, if you have stress issues, it is because you have trust issues. And we're going to talk about that tonight. The whole point of us doing this series is we hope that there would be a group of students here at the end of school, who would exchange stress for peace. So if you have a Bible, I want you to turn with me tonight to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3 is where we're going to be tonight. Proverbs chapter 3, we're just going to study verses 5 and 6. So just like last week when we... Um, Just kind of carefully unpacked two verses. We're going to do the same thing again tonight. These are two verses that many of you are very familiar with. These are verses that I memorized early on in my walk with the Lord. I encourage you to do the same. But in these two verses, Solomon is pointing us to peace. And here's what he says. Chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust In the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. And so what you need to realize, what I just said, is dealing with stress and anxiety in your life ultimately comes down to who you do trust and who you don't trust. Solomon starts out these two verses, and he says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. That word trust in the Hebrew, it carries the idea of relying upon someone for security. I'll say that again. The word trust, the Hebrew word that we have translated trust, it carries the idea of relying on someone else for security. And that brings up a very important point about stress and anxiety. At the root of all stress and anxiety is a lack of of security in the midst of an unknown. Here's what I just said. Stress and anxiety, please don't miss this. This is so important. Stress and anxiety come into our lives when we cannot see or control how a certain aspect of our lives is going to turn out. Does that make sense? Stress and anxiety come into our lives when we cannot see or control how a certain aspect of our lives is going to turn out. So, in the next few weeks, some of you here will have four or five cumulative finals. And uh, at some point during studying, you're going to have this overwhelming feeling that there is no possible way for you to study everything that you need to study to be fully prepared for your four or five cumulative finals. And so stress and anxiety will flood your soul. Why? Because you cannot see or control how your finals are going to turn out. Some of you here are... um, You are big-time planners. I mean, you plan everything. Okay? You drive your friends nuts because you plan everything, and it is driving you crazy that you still aren't clear on what God wants you to do with your life. 
And because of that, you feel stress and anxiety. Why? Because you cannot see or control how your future is going to turn out. Some of you here tonight love being single right now. And others of you are sick of it. You're tired of waiting. You're tired of being patient. And you're worn out on seeing everyone find someone. And because of the extent of your singleness, there is this ongoing undercurrent of anxiety. Why? Because you cannot see or control how long you will be single or how many bad relationships or wrong relationships you're going to have to be in to finally find the right relationship. Stress and anxiety come into our lives when we cannot see or control how a certain aspect of our lives is going to turn out. At the root of all stress and anxiety is a lack of security in the midst of an unknown. And when you find yourself in a moment where there is something unknown, you only have two options. And we brought these options up last week. You can either turn inward to yourself or you can turn upward to God. To frame it in the language that we're using tonight, you can either trust in yourself or you can trust in God for security. Solomon, arguably the wisest person in the history of the world besides Jesus, says, put your trust in God for security when you find yourself in a moment where you cannot see or control how a certain aspect of your life will turn out. Now, um, here's the bottom line. In order for us to trust in God, we have to be convinced that God is trustworthy, right? In order for us to want to put our trust in God, we have to be convinced that God is trustworthy. And here's what I've noticed from my own life. I have considered myself a um, wholehearted follower of Jesus Christ for a long time, yet for some reason, stress and anxiety often flood my life. Here's what that shows me. It shows me that maybe my theology about God is correct, that God is trustworthy. But my operational view of God is that he's not. Because when I know that God is trustworthy, but I refuse to experience him as being trustworthy, there is a disconnect in what I've realized for my own life, at least for me. I am very forgetful of who God is. The God is, that is with me every moment of every day. It is very easy for me to forget who he truly is. And so here's what I want to take a few minutes to do. All I want to do is I want to remind you of who our God is. So that as you're determining whether you're going to look inward or upward, you are clear that God can be trusted because he is trustworthy. Worthy, And so as I was preparing for tonight, I wanted to just get a fresh perspective on who God is. And so what I did was I spent a little time just studying uh, the names of God in the Old Testament. I just want to share some of them with you tonight just to kind of give you a fresh perspective on who uh, God is. Solomon here in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, he says, trust in 
the Lord. That's the Hebrew word uh, Jehovah or Yahweh. That's, um, that's the one proper name for God. But Jehovah, it carries uh, the idea of God being present and accessible and near. That's our God. Our God is Jehovah, a God who is present and accessible and near. Another name for God in the, in the Old Testament is El Shaddai. El Shaddai. So El, the word El, E-L, um, can, be, uh, can be translated as a name for God. Shaddai, uh, people aren't sure where we get that word from, but some people, not everyone, but some people believe it comes from the Hebrew word shed, which means, get this, very interesting, it means breast. Okay, so here's the idea. The idea is just as a nursing mom supplies her child with everything that he needs to live, our God is a God who has everything we need for life. He has everything we need. So you think right now what you believe you need most. Some of you need wisdom. Some of you need knowledge. Some of you guys need strength. Some of you guys need a new perspective. Some of you guys need connections for jobs. Some of you guys need money. God has everything that you could need. He is all sufficient and he graciously supplies your needs. He's El Shaddai. Another name for God is uh, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah, we just established, it means that God is present. He is near. Jireh, it means the Lord, our provider. Abraham gave this name to God when he and Isaac uh, went up the mountain and God had commanded Abraham to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. And just as uh, Abraham was about to kill his own child, God told him to stop. And immediately Abraham looked and he saw a ram caught in the thicket. And God had provided the ram to take the place of Isaac as a sacrifice. And Abraham called God Jehovah Jireh, our provider. God is a provider for his people. You realize that God can show up in your lives just as he showed up in Abraham's life and provided in an unexpected way. He can show up in your life and provide in a way that you could never imagine. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Ra'ah. This is a name that David gave to God as he thought about his days of being a shepherd. Jehovah Ra'ah means the Lord our shepherd. You think of any good shepherd, most of us don't spend much time with sheep, but a good shepherd is someone who is intimately acquainted with all of his sheep. He knows each and every individual sheep. He knows their, their, their flaws. He knows their tendencies. That is our God. Our God is our shepherd. He cares about each one of us individually and specifically. He is well acquainted with all of our weaknesses, all of our tendencies, and all of our insecurities. And he lovingly leads us. David who gave God this name. He gave it to him in Psalm 23 when he said very familiar words. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, Jehovah Ra'ah. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores 
my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is the God that is available to us. Our good shepherd who leads us beside quiet waters. He's Jehovah Ra'ah. He's also Jehovah Sabbat, which means the Lord of hosts or the Lord of armies. What this name means is that God is the uh, universal sovereign one over every spiritual and physical army in the world. What that means is that God's side is always the winning side. God has all of the power and all of the resources he needs to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. He always does what he plans to do. Last, God is Jehovah Shalom. Shalom is the idea of peace. It it refers to wholeness or completeness. Gideon gave this name to God when he saw God and he didn't die. When he saw God and God didn't kill him, but instead he gave peace to Gideon. Gideon said, Jehovah Shalom. God, our peace. I just wonder if he looked at God and he saw true wholeness and true completeness for the first time in his life. And he said, this, this is where we are heading as people because our God is Jehovah Shalom. And he longs to breathe peace into the lives of his people. You want to know why God can be trusted? You, know, you want to know why when you find yourself in a moment of uncertainty where you can't see or control how a certain aspect of your life is going to turn out? You want to know why you turn upward instead of inward? Because our God is present. He's Jehovah. Our God is uh, the all-sufficient one who supplies All our needs is El Shaddai. He's the provider, Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Ra'ah, our shepherd who cares for us and leads us. He's Jehovah Sabbat. He's the the, uh, Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies. He has all of the power to accomplish his ways and he's Jehovah Shalom. He is our peace. So Solomon starts out and he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. He first says, here is who you should trust in this world. And now what he's going to do is he's going to turn and say, here's who you shouldn't trust. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then he says, and lean not on your own understanding. Do you know what Solomon is doing? He's basically equating us to the guys who work at the quick oil loop places, okay? He's saying, you want to know who in this world can be trusted least when it comes to you being in a moment of uncertainty? You. You cannot be trusted. I told you at the beginning, stress and anxiety always comes down to who you do trust and who you don't trust. Solomon says, you want to know who you do trust? You trust God. You know who you don't trust? You don't trust yourself. You want to know what will happen when you refuse to look upward to God and instead you choose 
to look inward, or as Solomon says, you lean on your own understanding. Here's what happens when you trust in yourself instead of in God, when you find yourself in the midst of an unknown. What happens when you put your trust in yourself is stress and anxiety floods. Stress and anxiety flood your life. And then out of desperation for control, you will make one painful and, um, and impulsive decision after another. You will make one painful and impulsive decision after another. One after another after another. You cannot imagine the amounts of unnecessary pain you will heap upon your life when in the midst of being stressed and anxious, you still make decisions based upon what feels right to you in the moment. Your life will be filled with unnecessary pain, I promise you. In the next few weeks, the reason why many students will cheat on finals or plagiarize on a paper, the reason that will happen is that they will find themselves in a moment in time where they are so stressed out that they believe the only viable option for controlling the outcome of their final grades is to cheat. You want to know why many singles will settle for dating tools and ultimately make decisions that later get, bring a lot of shame and regret into their lives? The reason that will happen, and I need you to hear me because this will be many people in this room who will be single and settle. The reason you will settle is because... Uh, in your longing for companionship, this undercurrent of anxiety that persists in your life will cause you to reach a moment where you believe your only way for controlling your longing for companionship is to settle. And it'll bring unnecessary pain into your lives. Solomon says, you want to know who to trust? You trust God. You know who can't be trusted? You cannot be trusted in the midst of the unknown. If you can't see or control how something is going to turn out in your life, what makes you think the best thing is for you to try and claw for control? You cannot be trusted. So Solomon says, here's who you should trust, here's who you shouldn't trust, and now he's going to turn the corner. He's just going to be very practical with us. He's going to say, here's what it looks like for you to practically trust in the only one who can be trusted. Here's what he says. He says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And then he says this, in all your ways acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. You know what all means in the Greek? All means all. That's what it means. All, it, me, it literally means, it means all. 
You remember what Paul said last week? He says, do not be anxious about it, anything but in everything. See, Paul and Solomon are saying the same thing. You think God is trying to communicate something to us? Solomon says, uh, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Paul says, okay, let me put a spin on it, okay? In everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. They're saying the same thing, right? In everything, present your request to God. In all your ways, acknowledge him. God is trying to communicate something to us. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Here's what that means. In any, in every possible situation that could cause you stress and anxiety, acknowledge him. Here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you to close your eyes right now, okay? I want everyone to close their eyes right now because here's what I want to do. I want to stop um, teaching this verse and I want to go ahead and start applying this verse just right now. Solomon says, in all of your ways, acknowledge him. So here's what I want to ask you to do right now. I want to ask you to take a deep breath and I want, you to, I want you to think about anything and everything that is causing stress and anxiety in your life right now. Just take a second and think about that. Anything and everything causing stress and anxiety in your life right now. Maybe it's, an, it's a specific assignment that you have coming up this week. Maybe it's your GPA in general. For some of you, maybe it's a stress and anxiety about who you might run into tonight or tomorrow at a Dia party because there's some bad blood between you and someone else. Maybe you're um, worried about what you might do tonight or tomorrow because you know you're weak when it comes to certain temptations. Maybe you're stressed or anxious about your dating relationship. Maybe it's in regard to just a friendship. Maybe you're stressed about your future. Whatever it is, take a second and just think. Anything and everything, anything causing you stress. If nothing comes to mind right now, with your eyes closed, if nothing comes to mind right now, that is okay. What I don't want you to do is go on a witch hunt looking for something that's not there. But if something comes to mind right now, what Solomon tells us to do is he says, in all of your ways, acknowledge him. You remember, God is Jehovah. That means he is present and accessible and near. So what we're not doing right now is inviting God to step into the stressful situations of our lives. What we are doing is we are acknowledging that God is already in the midst of the stressful situations of our lives right now. So I want you to, I want to ask you right now just to acknowledge God in those areas of your life. God is Jehovah, so he's present and near right now in the midst of your stress. Thank God that he is here 
and he is near. Just thank him in the quietness of your own heart. God is El Shaddai. He's the one who nourishes us and sustains us. So tell him right now what you need. What do you believe you need right now? Ask him to supply your needs. Acknowledge him as El Shaddai. Acknowledge him as Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. Ask him to provide you with what you need. Ask for his provision in your life. Acknowledge him as Jehovah Jireh. Acknowledge him as Jehovah Ra'ah, the Lord our shepherd. Thank him right now in the midst of whatever brings you stress or anxiety. Thank him that he cares and ask him to lead you right now. Just invite his leadership into your life. Acknowledge him as Jehovah Sabbat, the Lord of hosts. Ask him to fight for you. Ask him to fight against the anxiety in your life. Acknowledge him as Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. Ask him for his peace. Ask that his peace which surpasses all understanding would guard your hearts and your mind tonight. Pray that. Acknowledge him. Invite him in right now. Here's the outcome, Solomon says. He says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. And here's what will happen. And he will make straight your paths. Now look at me. What does it look like in the midst of the unknown? What does it look like when you cannot see or control how a certain aspect of your life is going to turn out? What does it look like for God to make straight your paths? I don't know. I don't know what it looks like for him to make straight your paths. I only know what it looks like for him to make straight my path. It looks different for each person, but here's what I do know. I do know that this is a promise from God. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will, not he might, not he probably, he will make straight your paths. This is a commitment from God to step in and act on your behalf. This is a commitment from God to show you the path that leads to peace and joy. But it begins with you trusting in him with all of your heart. I'll close by saying this. For some of you here tonight, the biggest uncertainty that you will ever encounter in your life is the uncertainty that you have as to whether or not you are right with God. There will never be a bigger uncertainty uncertainty in your life as to whether or not you are right with God. You only have two options. You can either look inward or upward. 
you look inward to yourself, you put your trust in yourself, and here's what's going to happen. You are going to stand before God one day, and you are going to hope that you attended church enough. You're going to hope that you've been a good enough person. You're going to hope that the faith of your parents has trickled down well enough, and you need to know it will not be enough. To you, Solomon is saying, do not lean on your own understanding. But our God is trustworthy because he stepped out of heaven and into earth in the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ died for all of your failures, all of your imperfections, all of your sin. He died on the cross and he rose from the dead. Why? So that when you open your life up to him, when you open your life up to Jesus and you allow him to come in and be your savior, then He, a perfect person, Jesus Christ, makes you an imperfect person right with a perfect God. And you can spend the rest of this life confident that you have peace with God. So for some of you tonight, this is where you have to start. When it comes to whether or not you're right with God, you need to decide whether you're going to turn inward or upward. And for the rest of us, who will you trust when you're in the midst of the unknown, when you cannot see or control how certain aspects of your life are going to turn out? You're going to look inward or upward. You're going to trust in yourself or you're going to trust in God. Solomon says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Let's pray together. In just a minute, the band is going to lead us in a song. I think it's a really fitting song for the night. It's it's a song that just says, my heart is yours. We've ended several verticals this semester singing this. And my, my hope is that this would be kind of a prayer for the semester, that we would be a people who gather together and say, God, our heart, our hearts truly are yours. And, uh, you know, I, I think God has us here at Columbus For a reason tonight, we have access to an altar. We don't usually get to do this at vertical, but if you want to come and process with the Lord up front, you feel free. This altar is open to you. If you want to stay in your seats, if you want to stand and sing, whatever you want to do, whatever you need to do tonight, just to engage with the Lord in the midst of the stress, in the midst of the anxiety in your lives. May we come before him and just give our hearts over to the Lord in trust tonight. Lord Jesus, we come. We praise you and thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are trustworthy. We thank you that you have come. We thank you that you have died. You have conquered the grave so that through faith in you, we might have peace with God. Would you come and do your work in our lives tonight? I know that there's stress in this room tonight. I know that there are things that are robbing Uh, many of us of joy, Lord, we just want to come to you with them tonight and exchange stress for peace.